Uh, welcome back to the Mid Range J. I'm here, but we have far back this time. Yep, special guest. That's <laughs> <laughs> some shame. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're back. Obviously, I put out an episode last week just to get us up and running. This this week, hopefully, if you're listening, we're gonna we're gonna have two episodes for you. Um, this one, which is the Manu Imano, yeah, and um, the finals preview, which I can't lie to you, we'll touch on a little bit quickly. I'm super excited about because of the two new teams yeah. in it. Um, but this is the Manu Imano. I, I want you to introduce it this time because you put out a tweet yesterday with the Chris Paul gif. So take it away. Who is our Manu Imano this week? So I didn't even get to introduce. It's Fahad, I'm back. We know who it's you are. I thought you were a special guest. Nah, that's, that's why I'm uh-huh. a special guest. <laughs> but it's been a while. Just had some things going on, you know. Um, but we're here today with the Mano Imano, and mm-hmm. we have Chris Paul. CP. CP. And he's going to be matched up against another Suns legend. Is, is he a legend? Cause I said Steve another. Nash. No, CP, CP3. Oh, 100, yeah. And you That's what I like about basketball, you know. You can spend a, a year with a team and you're a legend. You're, you're a legend. Yeah. But yeah, another Suns legend, like Willie just said, Steve Nash. Um, Two-time MVP. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, hasn't brought them to the finals. Mm-hmm. So. But gave them arguably the best basketball they've, they've seen in their lifetimes. Yeah. So, hence why his legend ushered in that whole one, was it? Um, seven seconds... Basketball with D'Antoni, yeah. um, Amari Stoudemire as well, another All Star, um, Sean Marion, Joe, I saw Joe Johnson. That was a nice team. That was that was that was a nice ass team. Very good team. Um, but you know what? Yeah, um, yeah. So what you said yesterday when we were texting is, it's very fitting that we're doing this now with CP3 taking them to the, taking the Suns to the finals. Um, we've now we're matching up these two legends, these two point guards who will can both say that top 10 point guards ever um, and for both for different reasons but you know what we'll start with CP3 with seeing with, with what's going on with the finals and everything yeah seeing he's the most relevant one yeah the most re- yeah exactly um, so just to sh- sh- like just cover what he is that's CP3 you're the most relevant um, if that editing seems bad then I'm sorry someone just came to the room <laughs> I don't know let's squeeze that in <laughs> My bad, my, my fault, OGs. <laughs> well, we'll start with them, Chris Paul, CB3. Uh, currently 36, 6 foot, seven, 79 kg. The fourth overall pick for, which this is funny as hell. Every time I see this. New Orleans Hornets. <laughs> yeah. Like, New Orleans Hornets. The Charlotte Pelicans. <laughs> is what I think. <laughs> what? <laughs> that just gives me head loss when I see that. But um, Yeah, he spent six years with the Hornets, six years with Clippers. Two of the Rockets and one each with OKC and the Suns. Obviously, I mean, I don't know about you, but I do know about you. When he will retire, you're going to think of him as a Clippers player. Yeah. Same as me. Maybe even a little bit, even though, funnily enough, he's been only two seasons there as Rockets as well. Because I was kind of... Does that make sense? When I really, really started to fall in love with basketball. But he will always be a Clippers player in my head. Um... Career is averaged 18. And, and the Oklahoma City Thunder as well. That's going to be... You know what? In 15 years, 10 years time, we're going to look at that. Remember that one funky season that Chris Paul said with the OK? That was fly. <laughs> it was fly as hell. If someone, if someone in five years time... He was cold. He was cold. He was cold with them. And that he team... Was, this is what... This is what annoyed me about the MVP uh, narrative this year, and which made me seem like a hater, 
It's like he was, he more, was cold as fuck last there's more, year. There was so and much more credibility last year than he was yeah, this year. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think, I feel like, but I played a part in it maybe then. No, because it just adds to the confirmation bias and the winning bias that the media and the NBA has, which is if you win and we like you, yeah. we're gonna call you the best player to have ever played yeah. since. This guy. This is this guy, yeah. But when you were better last year, and we didn't really say the same thing. Million percent. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that, I won't lie. But I also think it's something else, which is the media always... I think it's also they another They fuck up thing. something. They, yeah. Like, oh, I should have done that to you last year. That's yeah, how I'm going to do this year. But so, I think it was more because... CP3 was overdue at MVP when they gave it to Kobe. Kobe, um, yeah. And a lot of people felt like it was CP's. But... What, what the NBA does is and they did it with Kobe the get back is the get back oh we messed it up before and now throughout history we have like a little blip where one guy has a bit too many MVPs when he's not really all that mm. let's just give it to you later down the line yeah to cover up for to it to cover up for it they were trying to do this here but they, I, I don't think I think last year if they if they'd given it to CP3 it'd been the, when he done what he done at OKC it's been unanimous, not in terms of the media, but everyone as a as a basketball fan after all he didn't get in the Kobe season and then we just done with the OKC, which we were all like that OKC team is shit. Mm. So do you know what I'm saying? But like we said, yeah, um the his career eighteen points, um nine nine point four assists and four point five rebounds. I'm gonna come to why four point five rebounds is so um Impressive in my opinion, but individual accolades, um, eleven-time All Star, All Star MVP in twenty thirteen, um, four-time All NBA first team, five-time All NBA second team, and once All NBA third team, so a ten-time All NBA player, um, seven-time. This is so impressive. Seven-time NBA um defense first team, seven times, and two-time All NBA defense second second time. So a nine-time All Defensive player, which is. Unbel- just crazy for a player so productive offensively um, just baby, basic baby LeBron NBA rookie of the year in 06 one of the best two way point guards ever ever yeah um, be, uh, between him and Peyton that would have been a good one as well um, NBA rookie of the year in 06 and obviously all rookie first team four times he's led the NBA in assists and six times he's led the NBA in steals consensus NCAA All-American I like that in 05 because there was a lot of good players coming coming up um, in yeah. around that college time at Mellows the Wades all around in Tyson Chandler all of them man um, and two times Olympic gold of course so those are his individual accolades um, CP, CP3 okay CP3 as a as 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 a player, do you know what? Yeah, we we as a minority mono, I feel like we always want to look at pros and cons. Of, I think CP three and tell me if this is wild. Yeah, but after doing all our research, I think he might be, in my opinion, the most complete point guard there's ever been. In my opinion, what do you think? What do you think about that statement? And if you don't agree, why so? Or if you do agree, why so too? I want to agree. As a basketballer, in my but... opinion. In in order for me to disagree, I have to come with a counter. And I can't think of a counter right now. Right. So... There's, would that not just argue that probably as a basketball, he's the most complete point guard we've ever seen? Yeah. In terms of, if we look at all the aspects that you want from a bar, defence, obviously he's defense. great defender, playmaking, great playmaker, scorer. Maybe not the best scorer, but he's a good scorer. He can score in all three levels, finish at the rim. Has variety. Right, mid range is mid range is beautiful. 
could shoot the three. Has dexterity with both his hands as well. Exactly. His handle was beautiful, hands. yeah. His handle was beautiful. IQ so high, can read plays um, defensively and offensively, can read plays, can adjust yeah. to different systems if teams switch his own. Very portable. Very portable. Incredibly, I hate... I think that's ha- another underrated quality of his is how portable he is because he's played in a plethora of systems and that's a great star point. players. That's a great point. That's a great point. He hasn't... Each time you assume he's going to be inefficient or they would struggle... A lot of the times, the only thing that's really holding him back is his health. Right. His, yeah, 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 yeah. His, because he's fit with he's other He's never players. been looked bad. He's never looked like the, the three guard with um, OKC. OKC, with Shy and Schroeder, with Harden. Bulldog was, the second, was a second guard. There where they were like 55 and like 10. Oh, no doubt that like they wouldn't want... If, 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 if Golden State like, didn't have four or five All-Stars, they would have won the chip. Even even with that in consideration, had they been healthy, I think they still would have won because they were that good. Right, right. And in the Horn- back in the Hornets as well, Charlotte Pelicans, he, was, <laughs> Charlotte. he, took, he took them to a lot of second-round, high seedings that didn't... That you look at the team... They don't warrant those finishes. Well, that's... that's the, and <sighs> the Clippers as well, I feel like in the Clippers, the history's going to look at it badly. Oh. But I think a lot of his teammates did him dirty because they just weren't healthy or they just weren't good enough. They weren't good enough because there's a few... Blake was he- unhealthy a lot of times. And then DeAndre Jordan was not... He gave DeAndre Jordan the career most because DeAndre yeah. Jordan, a field goal percentage, fucking um, fell when, when Chris Paul left. And very lim- incredibly limited player who... I have no shame in saying if DeAndre Jordan wasn't the size that DeAndre Jordan was, he wouldn't be an NBA no, basketballer. Like I feel like it's an accepted fact that that DeAndre Jordan was the player he was solely because, because of Chris Paul. Chris Paul. And it's not like a troll take. It's not like anything edgy. It's just someone said. Do you know what they said? Fact. Do you know what? Yeah. Um, a lot of people will use that take and push that onto another player who Chris Paul played with because he had Chris Paul had a similar impact in his career. Clint Capella. Capella and I think Clint Capella's much no, better I than, yeah so. I, I don't like that take at all I'm, I'm happy that he's gone to the Hawks and he's played he's, how he's played because at the same proved, time he is playing with another generational playmaker so. most, most definitely but I think he's got so much more to offer you um, defensively than DeAndre Jordan does DeAndre I Jordan think he still more, offers more offensively as well yeah 100, 100%, 100% he's more um, he's more in his movement um, in pick and roll um, in a playmaker even though he's not an amazing playmaker yeah, he has that idea that IQ, the IQ yeah, um, for a play, much more than Jordan Jordan's a fucking meathead. Exactly, and better, for, yeah. So he's just a better player than Jordan. But because they both played with Chris Paul, and because both at the times they were playing with Chris Paul, they were um, they were playing the pick and roll very well, whilst having incredibly high field goal percentages, whilst being being incredible um, rim defenders. They got meshed into one, which I don't think was fair on Clint Capella because yeah. Jordan Jordan is. An awful basketballer, in my opinion. <laughs> I will lie to you. Um, hey, um, cool. A conversation I want to have a great, uh, about Chris Paul then um, is: Do you think? Do you think that Chris Paul, the version that we saw in 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 the Charlotte Pelicans, would of if he if if he didn't stop, if he didn't just completely bust his knee, would have been a player that by himself could have led you to the NBA championship. Okay, um, firstly, what do you mean by by yourself? 
because so okay so I think there's tears when it comes to winning. So maybe I I think so maybe by yourself I mean you don't have a second star at the ability of James Harden. You've got okay. your second star is more the ability of um more the ability of Chris Middleton, CJ McCollum. Do you know what I'm saying? He's like a okay. good uh, borderline all-star, but he's not a James Harden. He's not what a Blake Griffin was back then. Okay. He's not what a Devin Booker is now. So someone who's a bona fide NBA superstar. Obviously, those, those are very massive ability, but all in their own right at that time were NBA superstars. Blake Griffin coming out was the next big thing. Yeah. James Harden is James Harden, and Devin Booker coming up now is one of the best guards yes. around. So, but, uh, do you think... If do you think if if Chris Paul doesn't bust his knee, Chris Paul is do you, oh, I don't know how to word this. Chris Paul is a player that's more more like a James Harden than he is what is Chris Paul now more more so of. So he could a, be more like a heliocentric player. You player build. build around instead of a player that's so good that when you put him into anything, just um, lifts the level around him. I think. I think. Um... His season at OKC proved alone that he's a he's a terrific floor raiser. Like you can just throw him somewhere, yeah. and he can be the best player. Yeah, and he can just lift the floor, that offense and defense, and just the entire team. Okay, that much higher. Absolutely, that's a great Regardless point. Regardless of it, him being like known as a ceiling raiser and just a, an additional piece, he can still be the guy who you have, and then he just elevates everyone around him. Mm. I I think if he doesn't physically decline he could be like a James Harden type of player who he's just hyper volume scoring because he's never been an inefficient player why wouldn't you want him to increase his volume I just think it's the physical it's the physical part whether his body can hold up for that long Mm -hmm. and whether he can himself like I think an underrated thing about players like Harden and even Luca today even Trey is that there's a mental tax that comes with being just the number one guy who is super... It's not like 2K. You can't just turn the sliders up on mm. shot tendency and just expect them to take 30 shots a game. Mm. This, there's a level of... Mental mental fatigue. That, fatigue that comes into not only trying to every single possession for 82s or 70-plus games, and then the postseason, trying to figure out what the defence is doing and then reacting to it or trying to one-up them and then also coming back on defence and then holding your part mm. and not really having too much help. Okay. Because that's the scenario that we're putting. He's not he's not offered the same type of help that you would you would want. Yeah, from, more yeah, you're right. More it's a good comparison. Com- more, more, than, more than a Luca situation right yeah. now, basically. Yeah. I think it's extremely taxing. I I don't know if CPT could do that. Okay. Simply just based off of what we've seen from from his career, and how it's transpired, when he even when he was healthy, I just don't think he could do that. Well, I think that's funny you said that. Okay, but maybe made the if okay he was, maybe if he was healthy, like if he if his, it didn't if the knee and the shoulders yeah. and everything that he's had didn't because I think that's that that's one weakness of let's say um, CP three, which is it's probably his injury record. Yeah, and I think. It's a good point you made about OKC because at OKC he did. I mean, he didn't take them anyway. He took them to the playoffs with the team that should have been nowhere in the playoffs, in my opinion. 
And I'm thinking, right, cool. But even in that, okay, if you use that season as an example, he was fairly healthy throughout that, se- mm. that season. And he was fairly healthy in the playoffs. And they lost in seven. Right. But and I, if you're looking at game those, seven I think, as well... I think his knee was gone. He has been gone since the back was, end of the Clippers. He was, but he was, a, he was a lot more healthier than he was at the Rockets. And he looked like he had a second wind. Like, he looked like he found the fountain of youth. But the way he was moving at OKC, even though he was a year older than he was when he was at the Rockets, he looked way younger. Mm. Like, he was moving better. Absolutely. He was, like, laterally he looked better. Defensively. Do you think that came from the fact that he had a proven point? Because that was definitely a point where everyone was like... Also, he had had an off-season to just take time off and just... The conversation around him when he joined OKC was, is Chris Paul finished? Is he finished? Yeah. Yeah. And and Chris Paul was like Chris Paul sort of thing. We're like I'm I'm too good for you to, for too you. Good, I'm too smart to, to be finished. To be finished, yeah. To be. I mean, that proves the point that he's thirty six now. Pushed this team to the NBA Finals across the season, with the help of obviously a great yeah. squad. But has has been a monumental part of a team that's gone to the NBA Finals at thirty six. He's like you said. He's a sort of player where I look at him now. I'm thinking whatever physical state you get into, you are so high IQ. It was not really gonna matter. Yeah. And that's the same with LeBron James because we always talk about how long will LeBron play to. LeBron will play for as long as he wants to because even if he loses every ounce of his physical abilities, the IQ is still there. And um dropping out of the gym is, is 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 fun as hell until you get to the playoffs and people are playing playoff defence and 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 jumping out of the gym gets you two buckets or do you know what I'm saying sort of thing. There's, there's a limit to that. Um quickly before we move on to Steve Nash, there are obviously we've we've literally basically just basically just loved off Chris Paul. Let me talk about some things that I think maybe can be seen as weakness or against him. Um, this is a conversation that me and you have had before and it was you t- telling me about his... Because um, obviously everyone talks about Chris Paul's efficiency and you and we had the conversation you told me. I think his, his turnovers and efficiency looks much better than it is because he always plays the safe pass, the right pass, which I, which I end up agreeing with. But do you think that playing the right pass or playing the right play always consistently as in the manner of Chris Paul does has meant that he's had less success in playoff basketball because playoff basketball means that playoff defences shut down the right options that makes sense they cut off the first instinctual answer and then they give you they give you the take this take this we'll keep the exactly and the best players the best players who who like all right I take over this game take they whatever take you what give they want, yeah. they'll, they'll they'll take they'll that take what they want. they'll take that do you know what I'm saying yeah but but in terms of X's and O's and the kick out and all that yeah the defense will have that and the defense will have that covered in the playoff and do you think that's maybe grinded him in the playoffs at points because a lot of the teams he's yeah, been with definitely. have been set up to feed off him especially yeah. that Clippers team yeah no I think like we said in the Clippers scenario. His teammates didn't do him any justice by being unhealthy and not playing as well. But there were a lot of series where they did show up and they were healthy and they just lost. Like, they've lost to the Thunder a few times. They beat the Spurs in 14, but pretty sure they've lost to them before, to the Warriors too. They they had the Warriors up 3-2, I swear. Yeah. Same with the Spurs, didn't they? And they lost to the Rockets too, which was embarrassing. Mm. The way they lost, Josh Smith was ate them up and I think the thing with CP is throughout his career he is a very safe player 
So when there are these scenarios where it's kind of like you want you need a player who's considered more erratic, like Westbrook for example, because you'll live and die with what he gives you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think CP three is that die by the sword type of player. I think he's he tries to cut his cake and eat it as well when mm. in playoff basketball we can't do that yeah you gotta live and die about what you which is kind of surprising why um, when he closed out like, that game the other day with 41 points he whether we like it but he's never done that in his career yeah he's never closed the game out or closed the series out by going and giving you 41 that's just not been in his nature which I think I think the the, the closing out of that game was like was literally CP three saying, Alright, cool, don't hit a piss, I'm going to these finals. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sort of thing. It was it was something refreshing from him as well. And he stayed in the game even when it was a blowout, I think it was more of a statement. Yeah, yeah. It's it's now like, on, let me eat my food. It's now. now on his C V that oh when when his team needed him in a playoff series, he went and closed it for them. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean that's 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 as much as I could think about him. Um I think with C P because he's still writing his history, we we can look back at this even a year or two from now and be like, maybe we're a little bit harsh on him, maybe we're a little bit easy on him. They might go and lose to the Bucks, and it might be solely because of him. So, I think... Or they might go and win to the Bucks and it might be solely because of him. And it might be solely because and of him. And that spins so his I legacy think, two ways. So, I think it's a matter of when we do these comparisons, we have to leave the door open for, for him because he's still building for him to write his okay. own folklore fine then in then my question to you literally the question that we're going to close out the Chris Paul is that Chris Paul is if I'm correct a free agent this year and is demanding money real money yeah do you give it to him at 36 if you do do you give it to him reg- you regardless do, of what to... happens in the finals? When you see now what he's done with OKC in the Phoenix Suns, someone like Philly could be looking at him like, this guy could be the piece. Okay. It depends who you are. If you're if you're Philly, I think the first thing you want to do is trade Simmons and then pick up Chris Paul. Regardless of the of the pedantics of but the trade. Simmons got me, money, me so, about, so Miami, about, for example. Yeah, but it's more about, first of all, someone who has money and then two, someone who has a timeline. Because right. you don't want to bring him to a place where so Dallas, kind of have to babysit. Miami, Celtics, yeah. these, are, these are the guys who've because, got money to spare and can move pieces to yeah, get Chris Paul. Because the Suns, as young as they are, to me this year, it hasn't really looked like he's been babysitting them at all. No, no, It looks no. like they, they've been ready and he's just kind of pushed them. Right, he's, he tipped them over. He tipped them over. I don't think it was one of those where he came and... He has to he just like change them. What Westbrook done at the Wizards? Where he, he pushed them. To me, that's more babysitting. That now. is babysitting, yeah. Whereas with Chris Paul, it's more. Oh, this team ready. Let me just oh, add what I've ready. got. Let me give you what I know. Let me give you that little bit extra. We can go to the final. We can win. I think it's a, a beautiful. Um, it was a beautifully timed matchup in terms yeah. in terms of in terms of. Everyone in the Suns came of age this season. Yeah. And I'm like, rah, when you come of age, what do you need just to push you over? That little experience, that, that little that vet. Now, 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 not only have they got the experience of a vet, they've got an all-star experience with a vet. One of the best yeah. point guards. So that, that First ballot Hall of Fame. Exactly. exactly. So it's been a, a beautifully meshed and put them... I think if you're the Suns, the first thing you do is you put a piece of paper in front of them, you tell them 
how many years do you want scribble whatever number you want yeah because if you're the sons if you're the sons yeah. if you're anyone else i'm not too sure because i'm not sure the dynamic he brings to a new team the new the personalities that are on a new team and is not in, because hell his record his health fitness record, because at least with the sons if they if they overpay him mm-hmm. but they win this year they have the luxury of having won with him before yeah and it's still it's just retirement money. We have stars. We have Aiden coming up. Mm. Mikael Bridges, Booker. If we overpay you, we don't care. Whereas someone like Philly, who's right now in disarray and they wanna compete, they need someone. They, they can't yeah. afford to waste a mm. contract. Fair enough. Um, then in that case, we're gonna move on to Steve Nash, who I think we'll talk about less than Chris Paul because. Is more black and white than Chris Paul. Chris Paul's got like stages and different Chris Pauls and everything. Steve Nash is Steve Nash. Um, six six three six four, eighty one kg, fifteenth overall pick, which was quite impressive. Which, which was when I read, I was like, oh, 15th. That's quite impressive. Um, drafted by the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, was it? No, drafted by the Suns. Traded to the Mavs and came back to the Suns. S- Suns, I'm bugging out. Yeah. yeah so traded by drafted by the Suns, traded to the Dallas. Spent six years there in Dallas. Yeah. Mark Cuban calls it his biggest regret by letting him go because I do think they bring a chip here and Dirk earlier than Dirk did bring a chip. Um. Then he came back to the Suns, spent eight years there, and then three years with the Lakers, who no one really talks about because he was basically banged up by then. Um. And didn't get along with Colby. Um, his career he averaged four, um, fourteen points, eight eight assists, and three rebounds. Individual awards, um, don't read as impressively as Chris Paul's, but he has two MVPs in there. Yeah. So which which holds as much weight as the majority of what yeah what Chris Paul has done. Two back to back back to back MVPs is always impressive as hell. Um, eight time All Star, um, three time NBA first team second um two time NBA second team and two time NBA third team so seven time All NBA. And five times, five times he led the NBA in assists, and this one was an interesting stat as well. I found four times he was part of the fifty forty nine club, shot fifty percent from the field, forty percent or above from three point, and ninety percent free throw, which is unbelievably. That, that's a great shooter. Yeah, that's a great shooter. I think already, when you read this off, you you can just straight away, you can tell, he's um way more well-rounded offensive player than Chris Paul is mm. not not in terms of scorer scorer yeah and I think he's a better passer than him as well alright okay and I think it's a lot of that is also to do with the fact that Nash unlike Chris Paul didn't play the safe pass he kind of Forced them passes in the tighter windows he was a bit more creative and he pulled them off and he pulled them off so he was he was efficiency is he was remembered as a very efficient point guard, but pulling off more trickier passes. But that's what that's why he's led some of the best offenses ever. Ever, yeah. And in that time period as well, he had the flair of magic with the efficiency of Chris Paul. And you're right, it's why his the the offenses that he led were, were some of the most exciting the NBA has seen in the last ever. Yeah. For being honest, um, you gonna say something? No, I was gonna say it was just more about how Nash, Nash elevates offenses tremendously, like as an offensive engine. Mm. I think that there aren't many better than him. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, he. I don't think C. I don't think CP three is revered in that same 
offensive and engine I, hub. Exactly, and I think that's because I that's why I asked you earlier on. I think that was what I was coming. What my kind of question was was could CP three if he didn't get the injuries he did if he didn't completely clot his knee. Could he be the offensive hub? Now we'll never know. I think he could, but I think it's I also, think he could because we've seen do, him with OKC. A lot of it's to do with the fact that he is safe. With passing to, to be like but, to but elevate an offense. I think offensively, more. is yeah. a scorer. Chris Paul lost a lot from his injuries. His athleticism, his finishing at the rim, his 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 shooting got worse because obviously when you shoot, your your knee yeah. part of that mechanic. So his shooting got worse. Um, I think he lost a little bit scoring wise, and we've seen that because. In the, he he it was commonly it's commonly accepted that he was a much better scorer when he was younger than he is yeah. or has been since for the last ten years or so, and um, and I think that that's why I put that down to injuries. Steve has no injuries now, but I still think, like he like for example, I'm not uh, when he was younger, Steve um and when he was younger, Chris Paul younger and then Steve Nash at his peak. Steve Nash's um, Chris Paul's athleticism was much better than Steve Nash's but then Steve Nash's athleticism is better than whatever Chris Paul's athleticism has been since the back end of the Clippers yeah um, fin- finishing, at the, finishing at the rim Steve Nash across his career would be, is a craftier finisher a better finisher but then again I would say oh, there was a period at New, uh, when he was at the Charlotte Pelicans where CP3 was more athletic. more athletic he would like He's I said like I said, everyone who hasn't seen it, go watch that the dunk on Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, one of the greatest defensive centers ever, in my opinion. Great rim protector. Yo, he smacked on him. This man six foot, he smacked on him. So, and I, 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 the thing is though, I think that window for CP three is too small for us to give it, give, give him, yeah, to give it to him across his career. Yeah. Do you get me? And that's the thing. So I think that's what we always have to bear in mind with Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul, who remembers, will always, I think, when he retires, will remember him for the last few years. Elite floor general, good shooter, high IQ defensive demon, but the, the I think if he didn't have an injury, if he didn't have injuries, there's a world where he becomes this heliocentric player that I think you become, where yeah. he's nuclear on offense and gets better offensively. Do you know what I'm saying? Because he came into the league as an offensive demon, and the more time you spend in the league, the, only, the yeah, better you, only, you get. You only, you only get better. Answers. Exactly. You only learn situations and. As high IQ he is, you can't deny them that he's probably got better if he's if the injuries didn't hold him back. Do you think that Steve Nash? So you say you say that Steve Nash is the better passer. I agree with you. I think Steve Nash is definitely a better passer than him. Um, but do you think it counts against Steve Nash that CP three is more effective in the half court situation than than Steve Nash is? Yeah, it definitely does. Okay, how so? And simply for the fact that. Because CP3 is better at creating separation, and I think CP3 is slightly better in the pick and roll as well. Okay. Simply because I think he has a little more feel for it, and he has a little more, um, how do I say it? I think he has more variety in his passing. He doesn't have better passing, but I think he has more variety in terms of finding the the open, the open man, yeah, and be I mean, more safe. Some people would say that Steve Nash is the better pick and roll player, but only because he had a better role man in Stoudemire. Yeah. So, but I do agree with you. I think CB3 the better guy in that in that regard because if you look at like we said earlier on the guys that he was rolling with, um, the Capellas and the, the Jordans who are far more limited than Stoudemire is. He was yeah. he was making them look more offensively. I mean, he still had Blake, but I think it's just more so. Um, he just has. He just looks more comfortable in the pick and roll than, than Nash did. Mm-hmm. He has that that extra variety. He has more passing 
his more passing angles. The scoring is probably a little easier for him because he's he reads defenses better. He reads them better, and he's good with he's good with using his eyes and his head to fake out yeah. and sell his moves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's, I think he's yeah. better at that than Nash was. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Nash was good at selling with his eyes when it came to passing. So like. Nash was really good about wrapping a pass around the body. Nash was good at looking one way and passing to the corner, the other corner. Yeah. Whereas CP3 would sell his eyes to make it look like he was going to shoot. It was more, um, what's the word? More more intricate in terms of how he done it. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, 100% I agree with that. I think because of that, he was probably better in the half court. Okay. Okay. Because all you really need with CP is just a screen. You just need a, a body. And he'll make it. something out of it. He'll make something out with of it. He'll hit the mid-range. Whereas, whereas Nash, because he doesn't have the same athleticism or even the same um, skill, really, and ball handling in terms of creating separation, he didn't have the same... I'm not going to say efficiency because this is a small... Maybe small may, margin. Maybe but, threat as well because, because like I said, uh, like um, CP3 was... Was and at every point of his career, in my opinion, was better than st- um, creating his own shot yeah. than Steve Nash's off the dribble. He's just, so he's just that much more dangerous. Dangerous, exactly, because the defense needs to factor that in. Whereas Steve Nash, you know, all right, he's he's trying to find his man. He's trying to find it. He was pass first, and that that's the difference between the two of them. I think one had to become pass first. One was always pass first. I think that's what one thing that does hold back Nash, and I think Chris Paul gets a lot of credit for this. And his trademark move is that little snake midi where he snakes around the the screen and then just floats and hangs into that mid-range. With that elbow J. That elbow J. That elbow J is, um, tra- is um, Chris Paul's now, isn't it? It's like a trademark Chris Paul's. Yeah, that little snake yeah. shot. And Nash didn't really have that, but Nash had more variety at finishing. At finishing, floating, um, the, the moves. The st- yeah, he did, had yeah. passing as well more variety with that so I think it's I think it's contextual a lot of parts I, really I watched on the tape with Steve Nash I was like oh, I always found myself I didn't find myself I didn't find myself saying that um, with CP3 with as, much. as much because CP3 on paper probably has a, so what so on in his career Steve Nash averaged 8.5 anyway. no Chris Paul averaged a, a whole assist more than him 9.4 no, no, no. over his career Chris Paul might have but I mean at their peaks at their peaks are right. yeah fair Nash enough close to 4 assists a lot of times yeah like 11 and a half fair enough and and if he done that in much better much better style because like I said when I was watching the tapes I was like oh, that's fly how do you see that how do you see that I think it's also because the the Suns back then they played in technically the dead ball era in that mid 2000s mm. towards the late 2000s the reason why those offences were that good is because they turned up the speed so other teams had to kind of so match them had to match them or lose and that's maybe that's another reason why they weren't as good in the playoffs. That's a good because point. They couldn't, they couldn't force the tempo, that extra tempo. To yeah, go up. and I think because it was always there in the playoffs, isn't it? It's yeah, it's always at a level. So it's if you, always at a level, you so can't, you can't like, re- force it. It's, for, it's yeah, one of those where that's a really good it comes point. Naturally, and it's a really good point. M- more so, Nash, Nash was extremely good. In the open floor, much better than Chris Paul at that. Mm. Ah, one of the floor. best players in the, on, the, on the open floor. Open floor, so that adds a lot to it as well. Mm. So I think. But does that count against him? Because I've got that down counts here. Counts against them because when the pace when the, the pace drops, the plays the pick up ball. Yeah. That was the only thing that feeds into it. It does because 
if you if you play with that much tempo and you are used to that much tempo i think it just makes it just that much harder for you to slow it down slow it in down in the fourth and, quarters and you might have yeah. some lapses and you might struggle to make certain reads certain reasons and I think make Chris, certain because plays because Chris Paul lives at a certain tempo yeah he's used to playing at that tempo I think for example a good um, reference to this is this season the Suns had the best half court offence in the regular season mm. and I think a lot of people call them fakers and pretenders that stat alone should tell you that they're playoff ready. Any team that's the best like half court team going into any postseason should look like apart from any major injuries, they should look like a contender. Yeah, that's going good, yeah. In. because they if they're they like, used the to situation, that pace, the situation the situation in, in game five, game plays. six is gonna come down to a half court situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be like the final 10 seconds, final 15 seconds, and you're sprinting, final minute, and you're sprinting end to end. Yeah. So good, that's a very, very good point. Maybe that's where, and that's where maybe Steven, because I said that ties into the play. It does look a more, little more freelance. Freelance, yeah. And that's not saying it's bad, because that's a, I hate this term, because Twitter's just killed it. The hooper, the, the real hooper. Yeah. That's what Steve, not, Steve Nash is playing at, but um, that's a really, really good point you've made there. And maybe, the maybe funny enough to link it back to kind of, we're going to conclude this episode is kind of the bottom line where every, why I think if it came down to it the majority of people would go CP3 over Steve Nash because he just seems more considered he's just a little bit more high IQ but I think these small differences could give you a scenario where you might want to take the chance on picking Steve Nash if you was like if you had like an all time draft and you had to pick between one of the two and you're building the team you might want to go with Nash because his offensive upside is just that much better. He's a better shooter, mm. can finish better. Mm. He's taller. Mm. He had as well. If you look at, if you look and at, he's the, a better passer too. If you look at the best teams that um, that um, Steve, the best team that Steve Nash had around him, the the Suns, the one that went to the, the sixty two win Suns, yeah. Amari, Joe Johnson, and Sean Marion. So Amari can't shoot. Joe Johnson can. Sean Marion can is an average shooter, not a great okay. shooter. Yeah, yeah. Right. he was an okay shooter. So I'm thinking, all right, cool, and because the uh, then they weren't building around three and D's that they build now. So I'm thinking, all right, so if I put four four guys around Steve Nash who can shoot and defend, a big that can space the floor and shoot, pick and pop with Steve Nash, does, does this raise Steve Nash's ceiling exponentially? Yeah. Is Steve, if you did, have, if you did find, Steve Nash play in the wrong era, maybe. I I think he did. Okay. I'm, Especially because if they had to the way the Suns played with D'Antoni, he had to change the way they played. When the era played completely differently, mm. and that was more to juice the offense and to get the most out of Nash, but I still think Nash was a little bit limited. He could have taken more threes. If he played today, he'd look a lot more like Trey Young rather than someone like Steph Curry, which is what people make comparisons of. But Trey is his direct predecessor mm. or successor, but he would look a lot more like that. And if you had a few. If you had a system around him with defenders that could perhaps hide him on defense, now you have a scenario where Nash is resting. On that, defense. Yeah, that was not a good defensive team. Yeah, it, that was a terrible it, defensive team. Yeah. Whereas the Clippers, the Rockets, OKC, and the Suns now definitely are great defensive teams. Yeah. Chris Paul, but me a lot. To I do, say- a lot to do with Chris Paul, but also when you look at the defenders around Chris Paul, they were they've always been better. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, like I would it's that adds to it as well. He, when yeah. you can get stops, yes, yeah, it, it takes pressure off of you. You're right, but also I don't think it's a conversation worth having because the the, the gap between Steve Nash and Chris Paul's defenders. No, no, is definitely, massive. definitely. But in terms of in a vacuum, the think, defenders think, around them. But I think still when a, you get still a factor, it is a factor. But I think when you, I think that can only be a factor when the two players are maybe comparable on that side. Then you go, all right, what did you have around you? What did I have around me? But I think when when two, because right. If Steve Nash is a much better defender at that point that elevates that team defensively, it does. Because I think, do you I know, think it, so. it does. Because do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? I don't think people talk enough about. I like floor generals. When you think floor general, you think that, um, an offensive floor general. But I think CP3 is a defensive floor general. Same as I think Ronald. Defensive leader. He's defensive leader. This is the player that's coming. This is your switch. Da 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 da. That's what CP3's got on him. Now, I think Steve Nash... You're right, he, he does blow up plays. Yeah, he did a lot. He blows reads up play, a lot of plays. Blows up tons of plays. He reads plays un- unbelievably well to, to a level of Rondo or LeBron. Like, literally on the... He always knows what's coming. I mean, that's helped the Suns as well, massively, yeah. this this season. And I'm thinking, because I'm looking at the profiles of the players that get around him, right? Sean Marion was a very good defender. He was. Sean Marion was a very good defender. Amari Stoudemire could have been a good defender in a, in, if you situ, situation he had him in a good team. Now, John jo, no, Joe Johnson wasn't a good defender. Could have not been a good defender. Cool. But what he was giving you offensively was fine. But you could hide him because Amari's a good defender and so is Sean Marion. Now, Steve Nash is a good defender. You've instantly now got three good defenders hiding Joe Johnson. But Joe Johnson very good offensively, so that's fine. You can. If you put Joe Johnson in the corner make him as a, as a help guy. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's got, these are high-level NBA basketballers. Help isn't that hard. You can read yeah. it. Me, if I'm a lock, or can throw my hand. Do you know what I'm saying? So, that's what I'm thinking with Nash. It's, it's, it's when people talk about the, the defence thing, it's, right, Steve Paul's a good defender, but it's not an individual defender. It's like what the impact defensive you've had in your team. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. But, you're right. I think the level of, the two defenders that we're talking about right now so far it's hard to kind of just switch the scenarios and be like this guy would have a better defense yeah because the gap between them because of the gap in between them it's yeah. not like it's not like we're talking about cp3 nah. and Rajon rondo yeah it's like it's yeah like, like a pacific ocean between these two yeah i still do think the Suns weren't regardless of the personnel they had i don't think it was more about the personnel i think it was literally more about d'antoni Right, and, and the, he wanted to play, and the way they wanted to play, and the style they wanted to play was more get out and transition, move, don't worry about. So offensive. It was more D'Antoni than personnel. Yeah. Then why? Why then? Why has D'Antoni constructed two decent defensive teams now in the Lakers, who are okay? But he was. I mean, he got blown out of there. But that defense, that Lakers team, they put around with Howard and everything. They had terrific defenders. Terrific. What about Houston? And Houston, they still had a lot of good defenders too. Right, so it's a personnel thing. It is a personnel thing, but with D'Antoni, I think in this scenario, the personnel wasn't good enough and D'Antoni's focus wasn't that yet. I think D'Antoni started revolutionising his own defensive ways Correct. more when he went to I the agree. Rockets and yeah, thought, I agree. let me try and get more... Because coaches, coaches grow and coaches change too. grow and change too, and I think he did change later on. Absolutely. At that point, I think he was a lot more naive. I think Houston is... I think he, even though Houston chip, is more... Houston is, if you ask, I think commonly people think, oh, D'Antoni's, the, the dream D'Antoni team is that Suns team. I think it's the Houston it's the teams. Yeah, because it, defensively, I think he got what he wanted. Offensively, also, he had what he Def- wanted. Defensively, he matured as well because you can't, you can't, like, get your ass handed to you by the, Rock, by the Warriors 
year every year, year year in year out, and not learn, and not learn. Yeah, and I think he learned, and I think that's why it was so good against KD, is because when they were trying to, when they were trying to create, was Steph off the ball, they would just flip those screens every time, mm. and it made it hard for Curry to create for himself and Clay, and another thing off topic, but. KD didn't shoot them out that series. Mm. KD, those KD ISOs kept them in the series. Yeah. Because they were blowing up the plays. Like the Rocket defenders, they had Eric, uh, what's his name? Gordon. Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker. A lot of switchable wings. Yeah, Trevor Rizzo. Good feet, sturdy players, crazy wings. This guy's like 6'3 with a 7 foot wings. Covington, they've Covington for a while now. Covington after him, but. The first time in 17, when they missed like 27 threes. Oh, that was Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker. They were they, Yeah. And it was more of a defensive clinic. Yeah. Because they were, they were getting everything they wanted defensively. And they were, it was a, we've got seven seconds on the clock. KD has to do something. KD scores. And I think that's where people criticise Kerr. I think it was more, that's what the Rockets, the Rockets gave them what they wanted. It was like, this is what we're giving you. KD eyes will take got, it. Yeah. Curry's not getting nine. Clay's not getting nothing. Draymond's not good. We don't care. Like yeah. that's basically how it was, and I think that maturation as a as a coach, as a as just a basketball mind, is completely different to what he done at the Suns, and much to to Nash's discredit, I guess. Unfortunate for him. Unfortunately, he caught maybe D'Antoni at his most naive, most naive and with with nice ideas. Yeah. Funny enough, maybe that maybe that Houston Rockets team looks <laughs> looks better if you plug in Steve Nash, Chris Paul. Definitely. Do you get me? Um, yeah. So this has been our mano y mano. Has it been a mano? Yeah, it has been a mano y mano because because there's Steve Nash is a great player. We're not gonna do that. Um, Chris Paul is the better point guard than Chris Paul. If he wins the ring, in my opinion, will go down as a top five point guard. And fair enough. But Steve Nash as well is an incredible. If he loses. He loses, but he, I still think he's got a few years in his back to get one. You never know if someone gives him a big contract with a contender, and I think they will, because at this, at this age, he's only going to play for contenders. I think another thing needs to be said, since this is the Chris Paul episode, is that he hasn't been that good this playoffs. No, he hasn't, but... but he hasn't been that good But this what playoffs. I say before and this, think, he's been playing... Monty Williams just come out and say he's been no, playing... No, no, definitely, definitely. With COVID, and then with um, a, um, torn ligaments in his hand, so I'm like, all right, cool, you got them up to this yeah, point, and then you've right, got enough time to get them out of it. Objectively... He hasn't been good. No, he hasn't. And he hasn't. Cameron Payne's been better than him. One hundred percent. And I think because of how but unlucky, that for... because of how unlucky he's been his entire career, I think this is a big break if they win because it's his luck, the oh, luckiest he's ever been. Right, but his luck's in for the for once. His luck's in. Yeah, I think he's and he's also, cashing in his the, luck. The kind of if he if he if they win it and he gives a good performance or more like a finals it MVP it it covers up no one if he wins finals MVP no one's going to remember how trash he was last series and and because of the we will because we lived through it we but did, I think history won't, I won't really talk about but it but it'd be so calling to throw it out as an agenda because like I said we of the COVID and the hand and the hand and then go to win a finals MVP and then the lucky side before, it'd be corny to use it. Do you know what I'm saying? And the Bucks are no pushovers. So. No, absolutely not. No, no. The Bucks are the Bucks are a team. The Bucks are a team that if they won, if they won the championship this year, people would look at them that right. Cool. It was due time. It was due time. And at the beginning of this year, if you if you if you were to name four or five teams who should who could win it, the Bucks were comfortably in that. Yes. Yeah, so 
And we said at the beginning in our playoff predictions, the Bucks were the next to come out of the East, and they have. The Bucks have come out of the East. Um, right, so this has been our Mano Mano. I've been with Lead. This has been... I'm Fahed. My, my special guest. Special <laughs> guest. I hope you like it. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know comments. Reply at us. DMs. Let us know let Mano us know. Manos you want to hear. Yeah, give us some new suggestions. So yeah, um, it's been the Mid-Range J.